Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and I'm joined by my handsome husband, host Dewey. Hi, my beautiful love, and hello to all of you great big cat fans out there. We appreciate you listening to us. And once again, we are here today, which is it uh, something I really enjoy, ta- asking questions to Molly and seeing if she can answer those questions. We're giving her a little test here going this way. <laughs> yeah, so... We've got some listener questions that have, um, they have emailed them in, and we're going to try to see if Molly can take off and answer those. I'll come up with something, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's pretty easy for me because I get to just read the question. So here we go. This time, I've kind of grouped the questions together, though, I think, in categories so we can stay on some sort of topic thread. So let's okay. let's start with food. That's All a good right. one, right? That's a, always a good food. one. <laughs> Lots of people <laughs> like to know, you know, and I, I learn from you all the time about food when it comes to feeding our cat. I'm, I feel like I've got a new lesson constantly, but that's important, mm-hmm. and um, I can appreciate that. Okay, so here we go. This was a question asked in the context of fostering. So we're talking to somebody that's a foster person. All right. It says, for cats that are used to eating dry food and were free fed at their past home, do you still recommend feeding wet food and putting them on a feeding schedule for the temporary time the cats are being fostered? And it follows up with another question right behind that that says, what about if you are petting Pet sitting, sorry, or short, long term, and the cat definitely return to dry food or free feeding diet. Okay, so so okay, so this question's asking if you are taking care of a cat for a short term period of time, whether it's fostering, fostering or pet sitting or that kind of thing, should you do what I recommend, which is feed canned food multiple times a day, even though those cat parents aren't going to do it when you're done or potentially the adopters aren't going to do it when you're done fostering? And the answer, I say yes, because, you know, I guess, let me find a good analogy. It's like putting lotion on your face, you know? Us women, we need to moisturize every day. So it's like saying, you know, well, I'm not going to do it. So, I mean, it's always good. Even when you just do it for a day or a week or whatever. Obviously, it's good long term. But, you know, hey, maybe those people will will come back from their trip and go, gosh, my cat said they look so much better. Their hair is shinier. They're acting better. And I always think that you should educate your adopters and your pet sitting clients 
about what the right thing to do is. Give them the link to the podcast, What to Feed Your Cat, and tell them how much better feeding wet food is than dry food and how much more a cat appreciates being fed multiple times a day on a schedule and and explain to them, you know, why why that is. It's better for them you know, from a physical standpoint, and it's better for them from a, a mental standpoint, too. It's just much, much more natural to the species. And anything we do that's more natural to a species is going to make that species feel better and, and more comfortable. So I'd say yes. Um, I definitely f- feed all of my fosters canned food, you know, four, five, six times a day, depending on how old they are. And um, and I don't feed dry unless it's in a food puzzle or uh, something like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, the answer to the question is yes. Do what's right, even if it's for a short period of time. Yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta spoil these cats, and then when they go home, they're gonna be telling their parents, oh, "I don't want no dry food. I want some of that good, <laughs> yummy, wet food I was over there at their house." Yay! <laughs> yeah, right. They was like, "What's my cat meowing all the time? Ever since Yay. I got home, he's just looking at me and meowing." So this it's is all about. Canned food. <laughs> Let me tell you, cat fans, it's all about the wet food here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Here's another relative question do you have recommendations for people on a budget to afford wet food it seems like they're much more expensive than dry um yeah and you know first of all let's let's be real here if you feed your cats dry food to save money you are mildly dehydrating that cat its entire life. And I can almost guarantee you that that cat's going to end up with renal issues later in life. So what you save today, you will more than spend in vet bills later on. And you got to deal with incontinence and, you know, all of a sudden they stop using the litter box and all kinds of stuff. So save yourself that heartache and feed canned food because what you spend in the short term will it's like putting it in an investment fund you will have a return on that investment by not having to deal with those issues but yeah there are um so if you shop at a kroger or a smith's in in some parts of the country um kroger's are called different things in different areas but they have a a house brand called abound and that's actually pretty good food it doesn't have all the junk in it you know i guess i should probably for people who didn't listen to what you should feed your cat when you buy your cat canned food you should avoid five ingredients so take a magnifying glass to the grocery store because it's printed in like three point type size and read the ingredient label and do not buy it if it has byproducts corn wheat gluten or soy all right, pretty simple. Any other things, go ahead and go for, right? Just those five things. Avoid those five things. And so Abound, the house brand Abound is good. And it's, you know, you, you want to also buy the bigger cans. Don't buy the little tiny Tiki Cat cans, you know, that are the three ounce. Because that does get expensive. So buy the biggest can you can, which in Cat World, it's like five and a half ounces. And the abounds are less than a buck a can. And so you're spending about a dollar a day because you should do one can per cat per day 
on on your cut, and that's not bad. That's you know thirty dollars a month. Um, I think it's Petco. It's I can't. I get Petco and PetSmart mixed up all the time. But one of them has a brand called Wholehearted, which is also very good. I think it's made by by Tiki actually, and it too comes in the larger size cans, and it's under a buck a can. So that's a a good one also. Anytime you can get the big cans for you know, a dollar, around a dollar, a little more. That's good. And then you might also check into buying by the case because a lot of stores will give you a discount if you buy by the case. And Chewy, buy online. You know, if you buy it from Chewy, it's less expensive typically than from a retailer. And, you know, buy more than $49 worth of pet food and you get free shipping. So, um, yeah, I think you can do it on a budget. You absolutely can. And, you know, you really need to be thinking the extra 10 or $15 you might be spending a month now, you know, you, you're going to spend a whole lot more than that when that cat has renal issues in the future. One trip to the vet for stuff like that, and, and you will have far exceeded what you'd be spending on canned food today. You know, like I said last time, it's all about the wet food around here, baby. It is. <laughs> all about that wet food. That's so let me just tell <laughs> let me just tell the listeners if you wake up in the morning and your cat is standing on the bed looking straight at you, he's saying, Get me some wet food. So <laughs> just read into what he's saying. <laughs> okay, we'll move on to the next thing here. So, this next listener is saying, what's your opinion on feeding cats wet food? We're, we're kind of in that same conversation, so let's, let's roll into it. Three times a day, and leaving a little bit of dry food in their bowl for a filling snack between meals is the question. But, she goes on to comment, based on what I've learned from your podcast, I don't feel good about feeding my cats three times a day. But it's all I'm available for. Yeah, so again, we need to be thinking about what do these cats do in the wild, right? If they were left to fend for themselves, they would be eating birds and mice and and prey. And that prey has a lot of water content in it. So cats are not... They instinctively do not drink a lot of water because they're descendants of of desert cats. So they don't have a real big thirst drive. So they can't possibly drink enough water to make up for what they are missing when they're not eating moist food. So that's why we feed wet food. In the wild, they're going to eat 10 to 20 small meals a day, right? They spend about six hours a day hunting. And in that time, you know, they'll catch a mouse and they'll eat it and catch a bird and eat it. And they're going to have little tiny meals. They snack. Cats are not, you know, twice a day meal eaters like dogs are. It's perfectly fine for a dog to have a meal in the morning and a meal at night. And, and they're great. But cats, no. Three times a day would be you know, equivalent to us eating about every second day, you know. And so it's not ideal, but that's what the food timers are for. So if you go on my website to catbehaviorsolutions.org and you go to the resources tab and food and nutrition section, scroll down that page 
and there are food timers. And if you can't follow all that, just shoot me an email, molly at cattalkradio.com, and I will be glad to send you the link to these food timers. They're cheap. You can get like two of them for $27, and I think one of them's $17 or something like that. And, you know, they're not the fancy digital ones, so they're going to last a while. Put a couple double a batteries in there and you put the food in and dial it around to say okay feed again in four hours so i like to feed you know when i get up in the morning 20 minutes after i get up in the morning then again about 1 30 now typically if you're not working from home that's the feeding time that becomes a problem is that four hours into the day feeding so set your food timer for then you know, whatever four hours is after that first meal. And then when you get home, you know, 5.30, 6.30-ish, feed them again. And then feed them again right before you go to bed. So everybody that works a, a pretty normal work schedule ought to be able to be there for at least three of four feedings a day. You know, I feed Pico six times a day. And, you know, it's good for him. He likes it. I feed him, you know, smaller ish portions um six times a day but we're here we're working from home so so that's that's doable but those little feeders they come in in two packs you know again you can get two of them for about 27 bucks it's cheap and set one of them for four hours and the next one for eight hours and then you got two meals you know if you're the kind of person that's gone 10 or 12 hours a day then you're good so um you can figure it out, and there's real inexpensive ways to help you do that. Wow. You know, and I got to say that our Pico, after six meals a day, he looks like a lion. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's big guy. <laughs> anyway, I also want to make a comment about those feeders. Those are fantastic. Man, I tell you, feeders are better than canned cat food. <laughs> they are amazing. We, uh, um, she introduced them to me one time, and my gosh, what a change well, you we know, had. You, you think we, about it, we, we've had that feeder about seven years, I guess now, six years or so, and I mean, it, they don't stop working, you know, what else do you buy like that that's going to, you know, for that amount of money, 17 bucks <laughs> last seven years? A, I don't even think I've replaced the batteries, but maybe once in them. Yeah, they're they're good. Good, that's your yeah. that's your secret ingredient for getting your cat fed. And oh, by the way, they come with little ice packs in them, so you you don't have to worry about you know the food spoiling. You put the little ice packs in the freezer, and you know at night you get home, you wash out the bowls, you throw the ice packs in the freezer. The next morning they're frozen and ready for you to set it up again. So, yep, do that. Uh, and they're amazing. And when you go to our website, you can't just buy one. you got to buy two because <laughs> inadvertently, you're always going to be somewhere that you can't get home to feed your cat that canned f- wet food that he loves. So get two at least. Yeah. You may want to get three. And it's not something we sell on our site, by the way. It's a link to Amazon. So it's easy to get if you have Amazon Prime, free shipping, all that stuff. So check it out okay well however they need to get it i'm saying get one because that yeah i'm a believer get (laughs) one and feed wet food baby wet food okay (laughs) here we go to the next one here's one about human food what Mm -hmm. if your kitten won't leave your food alone 
<laughs> Uh-oh. It's wet food, baby. Get him some wet food. Well, <laughs> thankfully, yeah, thankfully, we don't have that problem uh, yet with with Pico. Um, even though he can jump up on tables where we're eating, he doesn't. He's not interested in it. Part of that reason is because we feed canned food and mixed with a freeze-dried raw and feed it so often. And his feeding that I do in the evening is right at the same time we're eating, right? So you feed them while you sit down to eat, and he's occupied, and he's full, and he's like, eh, I don't want that food. And, you know, don't don't go down that slippery slope of feeding your cat human food. A, it's not good for them. And B, you know, you just, you're going to have to fight it your whole life. You know, the first time they get a taste of human food they're going to never leave you alone again the only exception I have to that is I do train him with deli turkey so you know if we make turkey for ourselves he smells it and is like wow that's my turkey what are you doing with my turkey (laughs) and he starts meowing and doing tricks and stuff Um, but other than that he doesn't get human food ever I think I might have slipped him a little salmon one time that wasn't wasn't seasoned you have to be very careful not to give your cat anything that has onion or garlic seasoning in it it can really affect their liver small amounts of it can do big damage so um so just don't get in that habit don't feed them people food they don't need it it's not cute and you know if your kitten just absolutely even though it's full it scarfs down its meal and it comes and just gets in your face and your meal then put it in another room and shut the door so you can eat in peace so that you don't have to constantly be, you know, punishing and scolding and, and getting them down off the table. Just go put them in the bathroom for a minute while you finish your meal or put them in a bedroom or that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, and I want to tell everybody out there, that's how she trains me is with that turkey. We <laughs> love that turkey. If you've ever gone to the deli? Be sure and get that sliced turkey. It's mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. best. And he does uh, a mean high five. <laughs> I'll do anything for that turkey. <laughs> All right, moving on. How many types of treats do you have on hand at a time? Oh. That's a good question. <laughs> One in each pocket, and she has 74 pockets. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, well, I have a lot of treats because, you know, we go to Global Pet Expo and we get a lot of stuff there to test. And, you know, manufacturers will send me things to review and to try and, and you know, stuff like that. So I usually have a lot of different treats, at least three or four different kinds. Uh, five, if you count the turkey, because I, I use the turkey mostly, um, you know, but I would I would keep several types of treats on hand. Sure, your cats like a little variety and doesn't hurt. Give them a crunchy one one time and a, you know, a, a soft one the next time. And by the way, that's something you can do with your dry food. Turn your dry food into cat treats. We're doing that now with a friend of ours whose cat Uh, just got out of hand obese which happens if you feed dry food only and I mean it he just like poofed up he's I don't know 17 18 pounds and he's really round and so I told her cut out the dry food completely go to a canned food diet you know so on and so forth and I said but take that dry food and use it to get him exercise so just flick it across the floor 
Well, he goes tearing off for the, you know, one little thing of dry food. He'll race across the room to get because it's fun to chase. So he's getting a little bit of exercise in and you're using up that dry food. I told you to quit feeding. So, <laughs> so yeah, keep several kinds of treats. It's fun. Now, this next question is a really good question because, you know, you do see a lot of things happening. I think you're going to be able to expand on this quite a bit. But it says, why is there a lot more cute, fancy dog treats compared to cats? Good yeah. question. Good there's question. A, there's a lot more dog everything, including information, than yeah. there is for cats. And and yeah. it's one of the things that just boggled my mind when I went back to school to become a certified cat behavior specialist. Um, because I learned also that there are more cats owned in the United States than dogs. However, research isn't funded as as bountifully for cats. So we don't know a lot about them. You know, there's all kinds of research about dogs. You know, well, research shows that dogs will do this and, you know, scientific, you know, all these studies. They don't have many studies for cats. So it's underfunded from that perspective. And then there's a lot more R&D done in the product world for dogs than cats because dog owners tend to you know you buy more toys because dogs destroy them faster than cats do so you end up investing a lot in toys same thing with beds dogs will destroy their beds faster so you buy more stuff for your dog you know if you're a dog owner you're you're a big pet product consumer much more so than cats and they and they do have studies on that what's the average people spend on a dog versus a cat in a year and that's a lot less on on cats so um so that's the simple answer is is supply and demand people want to buy stuff for their dogs whereas cat owners are not you know not as interested in buying as much stuff we go to these this global pet expo every year and and I'll go see something really cool. Like there's this manufacturer that's doing treats and food out of cricket protein. And and it's like really working great for dogs. And they've they, you know, I, I go, So when are you gonna start making cat treats with the cricket protein? And they're like, Well, it's on the board to do, but you know, next year we go up to the show and I find their booth. I'm like, You got the cat treats yet? No, still not. We I mean, all the time I do he'll tell you how many booths I walk into and go, This is really great. Where's the cat product? And they're like, Oh, we're not doing that yet. You know, because the market is so much smaller. So for manufacturers, they have a lot more return on investment to develop dog dog food, dog treats, dog products, collars, harnesses, leashes, toys, beds, all that stuff. You know, and I have to say that my theory on this, uh, this is all derived from whoever came up with the promotion, dog is your man, is man's best friend. You know, really kind of left the cat completely out of that component. But I have watched you uh, take cats and turn them into doing tricks just like dogs and be interactive and just like dogs. I mean, even down to the point where the cats can tell if there's somebody coming up with a driveway. I mean, if you watch them, right, and you know they, as you've said in the past, that uh, they have better ears than dogs. So Mm -hmm. cats can be man's best friend, too. And I think most people just don't understand it or get it. They think they buy a cat 
and they bring it home, and the cat now is just aloof, and he's going to be there sometimes, and he's good, but he's not like the dog that can fetch a ball, or a dog that can do high five, or a dog that can walk on hind legs, or jump through hoops. Well, I'm here to tell you, folks, this is all those things Molly can do for you. (laughs) And I think she's on that mission. She's bridging the gap. So, all right, let's roll on because we're going to change subjects and shift into second gear as we roll down the highway here of questions. And what we see next coming up is questions about the litter box. This Mm. is a big one also, Mm -hmm. right? Okay, so this one, uh, this person says, what are your thoughts on tofu cat litter, wood pulp, clay, newspaper, wood shavings, shredded cardboard? And also, there are some strange new natural litter flavors these days, like coffee and green tea. What's your thoughts, and are they safe? Well, again, this goes back to we should be providing the cats with what is natural to them. And there are all kinds of cat litters out there these days that are ridiculous. They're, this person didn't even mention the silicone ones and, and the little silica beads and all of that. But a cat is the happiest in a box of sand. So if you wanted to make your cat ecstatically happy, go buy a little kiddie pool and dump several 50-pound bags of sand in it. Not too deep, but um, your cat would be in heaven. Now, you'd be really upset because it doesn't clump and it tracks all over the house and it makes a mess (laughs) and it doesn't have any deodorizing qualities in it. But, um, But it's the texture. The reason that the cats really like sand is, again, that's more natural to their species. They like to be able to easily soft paw, dig a little hole, and then pee or poop in it, and then cover it back up. And um, they don't like that stuff that's got a lot of texture to it, you know, like the pellets or the wood shavings. They, They might like, you know, you might find a cat that likes to pee or poop in mulch, You know, if you had a really finely ground mulch and you wanted to put that in a litter box, they they might like that. But, you know, why? Just go get cat litter. Make sure it's unscented. That's that's the big thing. You want to make sure that there aren't any extra chemicals in there for scent. There's lots of things that are natural that can control odor. Um, like the positive ion solution that we use um, for cleaning up cat pee messes. Um, A lot of cat litter companies are using that in their litter to control odor. You can also use little tiny flecks of charcoal, like tidy cats. Tidy cats, um, 24-7, clean and natural feather weight, again, because it's lighter and fluffier, is what we use a lot of the time. Dr. Elsie's makes a really good clumping, clean, unscented, you know, lightweight, sandy texture. But I, I would, you know, and anything that's got a flavor to it, I'd be careful because you definitely don't want your cat eating the litter. You know, we were using um, 
sweet scoop for a while. It's made out of wheat, and it, you can smell it. It kind of smells kind of sweet. Well, I, I've heard back from some people saying that their cats eat it because it, it does kind of smell like food, and that's that's not good. I mean, even though it's natural and it's probably not going to kill them, they, they should not be eating their cat litter. They need to be peeing and pooping in their cat litter. So I'd say stay away from all that stuff. I'm, I'm not going to tell you they're not safe, but it's not going to be what your cat prefers. Stay with Sandy. I got another suggestion for you. Buy a cat named Mikey. He likes to poop in anything. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Dewey's joke of the day. <laughs> but a bing. <laughs> okay, here's another question. How often do you recommend washing the boxes? Is dishwasher washing soap okay? Also, how often do you recommend replacing all the litter in the box? So I recommend that you, let's start with scooping. This person didn't ask about scooping, but I recommend that you scoop the litter box at least twice a day. Just get in routine once in the morning after you put the food down, go scoop the litter box. If you have a litter genie, those work great and make it real easy because the litter pail's right there by the box. You just scoop the clumps out, dump it in the litter genie, pull the trap, and poof, you're done. And so twice a day, if you've got one cat, um, you know, more if you have more cats and less boxes. And then you want to change the litter completely about every two weeks. Again, it kind of depends on how many litter boxes you have and how many cats you have and how much usage it's getting. But, you know, we have one cat. I try to change the litter every two weeks. Sometimes I push it to three weeks. He has two boxes that he uses. So two boxes, one cat. I scoop twice a day and I'll replace the litter. Sometimes we'll refresh the litter if it starts getting low. Um, but um, every two weeks, two to three weeks. And then you want to completely wash that box every four to six weeks. And yes, dishwashing soap is good. Something mild like Dawn. Use Dawn. Also, we use um, Method. Method has a biodegradable anti bacterial which you know doesn't smell real bad don't use bleach you know that's your natural instinct is let's just bleach the crap out of this thing and get all that pee smell out so uh, don't do that use a, a more mild product than that and then you should replace the litter box every six to eight months or so you know what when you dump all the litter out and you're and you're washing it Look at it, and if it's got a lot of scratches in the bottom, then it's going to be holding odor. So what I do, here's a, a tip of the day for when I go clean my litter box, I grab the toilet bowl brush and the cleanser, I dump the litter out, um, and then I go out to the backyard with the hose, and I rinse it out real good, and I put the cleaner in there, and I scrub it with the toilet bowl cleaner, and then I rinse it off put it back in its little container, you know, rinse the, the pan out, and then just dry it off. It's, it's really quick. It doesn't take all that much time. You know, and what I recommend is when you go to purchase your cat, also find a good stock in litter because you're going to be changing it out so much. The stock will gain in value <laughs> by the time the cat gets to the end of its life. So do both. <laughs> You'll gain in both places. Okay, here we go. We're shifting into third gear, going down the highway here, and we are moving right along. And the next topic is all about toys. 
Yay, mm. our little kitty, I got to say, uh, he has boxes of toys and he learns how to redecorate them all over the house on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. He will pick mm-hmm. them all up. He put them in the box. Next thing you know, he's got them all out and he's got them positioned where he wants them all over the floor. And then he goes and takes a nap and comes back and realizes he doesn't like it that way. He wants to change it again. So be careful when you're buying toys. Mm-hmm. And here we go with the question. If cats in a multi-cat household are more interested in playing with each other than with toys, should they be separated for prey play time? Good question. Yes, uh, the cats should always be separated for prey play time because prey play is simulating a hunting sequence and that is not something that they naturally do together. Right? They don't they don't hunt, they don't share prey. They don't, they don't do that stuff together. So separate them. Again, put one in a bedroom, pray play with the other, and take them. It's only 10, 15 minutes per cat. If you have a couple in the house, send one of you in one room to pray play with the cat and the other in the other room. But because um, you'll find if you try to do it together, they don't really do it together. There's one toy. So one cat is dominating the play, and the other one is feeling frustrated because when it's about to pounce, the other cat pounced on it. I was getting ready to pounce on that. So you'll create a lot of frustration there, which is not what prey playtime is about. That's really about diffusing frustration. So even if cats play with each other, which is absolutely adorable and wonderful, I'm very glad your cats are playing with each other and playing with their own toys. But yes, you need to separate them for prey playtime. And how I recommend to do that is to take a ball and roll it into the other room, and whichever cat is the fastest, then shut the door after he goes into the room. <laughs> <laughs> Simple deduction of who gets to play first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to the next question. We're in third gear going down the highway. How do you pick out good toys for cats? Are there specific things you look for when you're buying a toy other than the obvious thing? Like, does it look like it will break after the first use, which we've had some of those do. <laughs> so that and that's a good question, too, because a lot of toys are made and marketed for people, kind of like litter boxes. <laughs> and they're made for the convenience and the attraction to what the person might like, not what the cat's going to like. So a cat's going to like different kinds of toys. They're going to like toys that roll. So get balls, you know, jingly balls, hard balls, rubber balls. We have the little miniature tennis ball because that bounces around and that's fun. So get a variety of balls. We have little wicker balls that have uh, bells in them and feathers and, um, and catnip filled toys. Cats typically like catnip. So get the kind that you can put the catnip in and it velcros up so you can keep restuffing it when the catnip loses its potency. Um, Things with feathers. Obviously wand toys. Those are the first things you need to get is is wand toys so that you can do prey play. But, um, you know, think about things that look like prey for the cat. And, you know, like Dewey was saying, our cat has literally he probably has 75 toys and they're in two toy boxes and I do reset them sometimes multiple times a day because he kind of likes that he's like I'm going to go jump in that toy box and get toys out and scamper around the room with them and I think he kind of likes the fact that they get put back in a toy box so that he can get them out crinkle balls that's another thing things you know those 
crinkle balls. Oh, my gosh. Those are some cats' favorites. Ping pong balls. Cats love ping pong balls. Anything that bounces that they can chase and start playing soccer with. And then anything that looks like prey. Furry mice. You know, I usually try to get the fake fur mice. The sisal mice they like. Um, Yeah. So that's about it. The sisal stuff lasts a long time, too. And by the way, we have sisal mice for sale on our website in the Behavior Boutique. There's like six mice toys for three bucks. It's it's a heck of a deal. So you should go check that out for sure. You know, and we you forgot to tell them the secret that we do when we're picking up the toys. We've created an exercise program out of picking up toys. <laughs> That's Instead true. Instead of bending over and just picking up the toy, we have created the squat and pick. <laughs> so you can now yes. do one-legged squats, and how that works is you step forward on one leg and you bend down. <laughs> Don't bend down. You squat down. You pick up the toy. You stand up. You take the next foot. You go forward, you squat down, pick up the next one, and the, you do that it's all the way around true. the house two or three times, and what an exercise program that is. That's true. I'll pick up the toys, and I'll tell Dewey, I got 12 squats in. <laughs> <laughs> so you can turn it into anything you want to, just Free be creative. Exercise. <laughs> okay, Nina F. posted these great questions on our Facebook page. What if I have a cat? just under a year old, that I try to play pray play with, and she's just not into it. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't believe that. I move it around and hide it and move it in the air, but she just plays with my four-month-old kitten, and I know they should both be having their time with me. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you got a cat that's under a year and a four month old kitten yep they're gonna have lots of energy and they're gonna want to be chasing each other around and playing and and that's awesome that's such good enrichment for a cat to have a buddy like that so that's so that's good but you know i have not met a cat that doesn't pray play with me and i can't tell you how many behavior consults i go on and people go no oh yeah i've got a wand toy my cat hates it he doesn't he doesn't like it i can't get him to play with it and it's all in the wrist. I can't believe it's, that either. It just drives me crazy to think of that. <laughs> and and it's I'm like, oh, yes, you can. Give me that wand toy. And it's all about making the toy disappear around corners. It's also about when you do it. You know, you want to pray play right before a meal, you know, 30 minutes before a meal. Not your meal, the cat's meal. <laughs> the cat's hungry. Because yeah, again, don't do this on an empty stomach. Right. <laughs> Not recommended. Right? Because it's simulating hunting. And so if the cat's hungry, it's going to want to hunt more. So do it before a meal. You'll get much more interest. Make the thing look like prey, all right? If you've got to go watch some videos of how mice run or birds fly or things like that, then do it. But you're going to want to pull it around the corner out of sight. A cat can't stand it. And then be patient because I've seen cats take up to two minutes to go around the corner and chase it, but they can't stand it. They'll sit there and watch you. And it's the other thing. We have some really great wand toys, well, a really great wand toy on the store also. And it's a, it's long. It's got this long pole, like 26 inches long. And then it's got really long 
um, plastic strand and then this fabulous poof of feathers with crinkle paper in the bottom. So when you pop it up in the air, it sounds like a bird flying and it's super long. So you can, you know, you can do that thing around a coffee table and not move, you know, so you're not so close to it. A lot of cats get distracted by you and the wand toy and they're a little worried. They're like, I'm not going to go chase that thing. It's right there by our foot. So make sure you've got a wand toy that's long enough and um, and make sure you're making it move like prey because I, I just, sorry, but I don't buy the my cat's not interested thing. It's That's about you and your technique that you need to practice on. One of these days I'll do a YouTube on and show you how to how to pray play with the cat. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. And I have to just uh, make a comment about the 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 pray play wand toy because when we go to the animal global pet expo thing out there in Orlando once a year, that is a huge. I'm talking huge place to go to. And the wand toys there are all missing. So there's very few that carry this kind of thing. I think it's just spectacular. I mean, we've got a bunch of them. We try a bunch of them out. These are just fantastic. Go to our website, take a look, and um, I'm sure you'll like them too. Okay, Nina also asked, is it possible to get an unsocialized cat from an animal hoarding situation to get along with other cats? That's a good question. Yeah, because yeah. that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, when a cat is unsocialized, first of all, hoarding situations, that, that's where people have lots of cats in a small space indoors, and they're not able to really properly take care of them. So they usually, you know, are then brought into shelters and adopted out. Those cats have much better relationships with other cats. And so they're unsocial to people because their relationship with people has been minimal because there's too many cats and not enough time to take care of them all. But their relationship with the other cats in the living conditions is usually pretty good. So I find a, a cat from a hoarding situation likes other cats, doesn't like people all that much. But cats learn from observation. So if you've got a cat that's really social and you bring in a, a cat from a hoarding situation, that cat will eventually warm up because it's going to watch the other cat interact with you and see how that's done and see that, that you're not going to hurt it. And, and it will learn trust from watching the other cat. So absolutely, yes. Man, I tell you, I, the, I see some of those pictures in the hoarding situations on TV where you see some of those shows and mm, yeah, let's they not go, go there. in there. That is just <laughs> no. incredible. Let's not but, go there. You know, and we're it, running up. We're already in 40 minutes. So let's just do another quick one and then. Um, okay. All right. So go. We'll, let's roll into the next one. And this one also is from Nina. Does a cat's behavior reflect your vibes that you're sending off? Because when I was living with a roommate, I was stressed. And my cat was not as friendly or calm as she is now. And would having a kitten or a cat, my one-year-old, really help the situation, separation, anxiety? Um, would having a kitten or cat for my one-year-old? Well, I'm not sure whether she's asking about a one-year-old, maybe cat. I'm going to assume cat because... And that could be child, but I'll assume, I'll assume cat. So let's start out in the beginning. Does a cat's behavior reflect your vibes that you're sending off? Absolutely. Cats are very sensitive. 
um, in multiple ways. They're sensitive. They pick up on how we're feeling. And if we're stressed or we have a lot of anxiety, then the cat is going to feel that and reflect that. So absolutely, absolutely. And if you're stressed by a situation, you know, it's going to pick up on your body language and your tone of voice and the way you move and and it will know and and yes it's going to know something's wrong may not know exactly what's wrong but it's going to know something's wrong with my person and it's making me frustrated so absolutely and then would having a kitten for my one-year-old cat help with separation anxiety maybe i mean i'd have to know more about what your cat's doing in terms of separation anxiety, I like to tell people when you leave, you've got to keep your cat's mental stimulation going even though you're not home. So that means leaving TV on. You get a smart TV, so go to YouTube. They have cat TV. Leave some cat TV on. The next day, leave classical music on. You know, uh, hide uh, treats and toys. This is where the food puzzles come in. Put a little food puzzle of treats. Hide it so that the cat's got something to forage for while you're gone. There's a lot of things you can do to keep your cat mentally stimulated while you're not there. And uh, I would try all those things before I got another cat because... You know, while cats like other cats sometimes and those relationships can be built, that can also just as easily backfire on you and you end up with one of the uh, one of them not wanting to be with the other and causing lots of anxiety and, and aggression. So try try mentally stimulating things and and physical things for while you're gone to keep them entertained bird feeders at the windows hammock on the window so it can lay there and watch the birds build a catio if you have room so it can go outside and check out what's going on outside while you're not there and still be safe and and not outdoors Um, think about it in terms of appealing to every one of their senses so for instance i have a crystal hanging in a window well in the morning the sun hits it and the breeze from ceiling fan or air conditioning or whatever will move it around and cause these little light dots all over the wall and the cats go crazy they're like oh look look at the little light dots and they chase it and then i have a little miniature um, like almost like a tree ornament, um, disco ball in the west side of the house. So then as the sun is setting, it hits the disco ball and same thing, makes little light things. So visual things, things that sound like the TV and the music, taste, hide treats so that they have something to hunt for and do and, uh, and smells, you know, if you can give them access to the outside where there's, you know, new and different smells to explore, that's good too. So I would definitely try all those things for separation anxiety uh, before trying a cat. All right. Well, we should start putting the brakes onto this train as we're uh, getting down to the end yeah. of the show here. And like I want 45 everybody. Forty-five minutes in. <laughs> I know it's a long show, and uh, there was a lot of good questions here, and that we get excited about those. So all of the listeners mm-hmm. out there who do have more questions, please email those to Molly at CatTalkRadio.com. And we are doing regular listener questions, episodes, yeah. and we periodically, we like them that way. And we do run a little bit long when that happens, but it's real people asking real questions. Maybe one of these questions are your questions, so listen to it. 
Yeah, send me more. I love I love getting questions. I, a lot of times, you know, you can send them through Facebook. Um, find us on Facebook, Cat Behavior Solutions, Cat Talk Radio on Facebook. Like the page. You can PM me on that page. Um, we we do all kinds of funny blogs and informational blogs there. We're also on Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram. Um, we've also go to the website. We have some really great stuff in the website. Not only all these things that we've been mentioning for resources and the Behavior Boutique, but one of the things we've done in the Behavior Boutique recently is started new pet tunes. So they're cartoons of your pet. And and it could be your dog. That's okay, too. But <laughs> primarily your cat because it's us. But um, we're my mom and I are doing these cartoons, and they're absolutely adorable. And they are on the the boutique too. So check out check out the pet tunes while you're at catbehaviorsolutions.org. Not to be confused with spittoons. No. <laughs> <laughs> also, let me just throw this out there. If you've ever learned something from one of our podcasts, please consider sending us a gratuity donation. Any amount helps us keep this show on the air because these podcasts are free. We don't ask for subscriptions, so show us some love, baby, in return. That's (laughs) right. That's right. (laughs) We're going to keep doing this as long as shelter shelter euthanasia is the the number number one one cause of death death in cats. cats. We're still working working on that. (laughs) We still can't get that synchronized. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So thanks for tuning in today. Sorry we ran a little long this time, but until next time, keep calm and purr on. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop.